Chris Lee, Chris Lee and Lee. of Southeastern 14 here to pre- preview Texas A&M's road trip to Knoxville to face the Tennessee Volunteers. The Vols three-point favorites at Neyland Stadium with a 56.5 point over-under, making for a predicted final of 37-20. to 20. Theme of the week in the SEC is, is games that are pick-em games on neutral fields, according to odds makers and computers. This is another one of them. The computers see this game a lot like the odds makers do, FPI, the Vols, a two-point favorite with the home field advantage. SP Plus has Tennessee by three. Team rankings has the Vols by one. Jeff Sagarin has Tennessee by three. Average that out. That's Tennessee, a two-point favorite between the computers and the odds makers. The Vols have had a week off since beating South Carolina in Neyland Stadium. Defense was very disruptive in that game, and the Aggies took Alabama to the finish line on a heartbreaking loss to the Crimson Tide in College Station. Can't wait to see this one, which you can see, 230 Central on CBS, Blaine. Absolutely, absolutely. For all you people that live in, you know, God's country on the East Coast, that's three thirty central, three uh, thirty Eastern. So uh, on CBS, but Tennessee for sure uh, get has the benefit of getting that bye week and getting rested up and healed up. Got guys like Dante Thornton, Cooper Mays, all these guys getting healthier for them. So that is a big deal, especially with Dante Thornton. And we'll talk about this on the offensive side of the ball, but really going to have to step into a bigger role. Brew McCoy, uh, you know, that awful injury he's sustained against South Carolina. So they've had time to, to work on their, their repertoire uh, and, and their rapport with the, those receivers with Brew McCoy gone with that bye week. And then Texas A&M, you can't let Alabama beat you twice, plain and simple, Chris, you got to, got to flush that one and move on. And now they go into a, a tough road environment in Rocky top. All right, the Aggies scoring 35 and a half a game, averaging 6.3 per offensive snap, 5.1 on running plays, 7.2 on passing plays, turning it over 2% of the time. The Vols' defense has been really good, uh, giving up 17.8 per game, 4.4 per play. That's the same run as it is pass, enforcing turnovers 1.7% of the snap. Uh, Key stat here. Tennessee, 22 sacks. The Vols just creating all kinds of havoc, but really have not faced a team with the total offensive talent that the Aggies have. Tennessee's schedule ranked 104th by ESPN's FPI, the the tougher part of the Vols' schedule very much to come, starting with this one. And and look, A&M has just got so many offensive weapons. Um, Anaya Smith is – just a continual headache that receiving core AM's got besides him is awfully good. Uh, Moss in the running game. I mean, Max Johnson has had almost identical numbers to Connor Wegman, who's done for the year. Uh, I'm not saying Tennessee can't get stops, but it will be tested in a way that has not been tested all year. Yeah, and it's going to have to do what Alabama did and try to make Texas AM one dimensional so you can be more. Uh, aware of okay where the ball is going with those weapons because Alabama shut down Texas A&M's run game. Uh, they let, only gave them 1.9 yards per carry. A&M had in that game, and that's including is. You know, you and I have talked before. Max Johnson is is elusive, and he can get out and make plays with his legs and stuff like that. But even that wasn't very successful for A and M. Uh, and you know, 
that's going to help that Tennessee back end if they're able to limit the run game, something they did not do in a big SEC matchup earlier this year against Florida. Now, you look at the totality of what Tennessee does, Chris. They're fifth in the country in havoc rate. Their havoc percentage, 20.4% of the time, they're creating a tackle for a loss, uh, you know, uh, some kind of tip ball, a turnover, something like that. So Tennessee is very disruptive, but sometimes they were a little bit over-aggressive and maybe got a little uh, un- undisciplined in their gap uh, assignments against Florida in that run game. I'm not so sure that that's going to be – the same element with Texas A&M in terms of how they run the football and things like that. I would be curious if, if an Smith gets a few more carries at running back with the lack yeah. of success that they've had, they can use him as a, as a, you know, Swiss army utility knife type deal uh, over there. But as you mentioned, whether it's moose, uh, whether it's Anias, whether it's Noah Thomas, whether it's Evan Stewart, they have Jade Walker. I mean, they've got a ton of guys who can make plays over there and Tennessee like I said, fifth in the country in creating havoc, they're going to have to do so to make Max Johnson have to play behind the chains and and face some pressure because otherwise you don't want to let Texas A&M and Bobby Petrino kind of dictate the pace of this one and allow them to have short third down opportunities and manageable ones and extend drives because we know one way to disrupt a hypo team is to extend drives against that defense and mm-hmm. keep Joe Milton and company off the field yeah florida did that um a a good bit which florida kind of does and and tennessee averaging 70 snaps a game on offense and him only giving up 57 so the aggies have been pretty good at keeping offenses off the field although they hadn't seen many like tennessee's either uh, on on the flip side of what we talked about on the other side of the matchup um the the aggies are going to be tested like few teams will test them all year the Vols scoring 36 a game, AM giving up 19.8. Tennessee is rushing at 51% of the time, 6.6 yards per rushing play, and 6.7 per passing play, turnover rate of 1.7%. Aggies are giving up 4.7 yards per snap, 3.9 yards per rushing play, 5.5 per passing play, and a turnover rate of 1.5%. Wait, you say, Aggies only giving up 2.6 per carry. Well, per carry and per rushing play are different. And AM has got 145 yards worth of sacks in there. So that comes off the passing total and not the rushing total. In case you're following along with the math, that accounts for the difference. But um, the, the Vols offensive line has only given up six sacks all year. I presume Cooper Mays will be healthy for this one, which is going to help them a lot. So that's going to be a battle of strength on strength. Tennessee, a team that's done a pretty good job of protecting and the Aggies, a team that can really get after you and your quarterback. Yeah, so I mentioned t- Tennessee's Havoc ranking, right? They're fifth in the country, Chris. Well, guess what? On Havoc allowed, they're fourth in the country. They've done yeah. a great job of of preventing negative plays for their offense. But the bad news is Texas A&M is number one in the country in Havoc created. Yeah. Uh, 28% of the time, Chris, Texas A&M is creating a tackle for a loss, a sack, a tip ball, a turnover. They are absolutely lethal along that front seven. They held Alabama, I believe, to something paltry like 23 yards rushing on the day. They Alabama had negative 13 yards rushing at halftime. When's the last time you've ever said that against a Goodness. Nick Saban team? But the bad news is 
they allowed Jalen Milrow to go off passing the ball and, and Jermaine Burton to have almost 200 yards receiving against them. So Joe Milton, Dante Thornton, if he's healthy, of course, Squirrel White, Ramel Keaton, all those guys, they have to be licking their chops. When you look at Texas A&M now has struggled mightily on the back end in terms of uh, giving up explosive pass plays against Miami. Mind you, a Miami team that just lost to Georgia Tech at home this past week, and uh, they did the same thing against Alabama at home at College Station this week. So it's strength on weakness when it comes to the Tennessee passing game, those explosive ga- uh, gains through the air versus the Texas A&M secondary, but it is strength on strength, like you said, when you're talking about the offensive line of Tennessee and that running game versus the front seven of Texas A&M. It looks like when you look at all the metrics and you look at how these two teams play, it looks like a lot of this could be on Joe Milton for Tennessee and that passing game this year, Chris. And it's just been a little bit of inconsistencies here and there. Overall, Joe Milton's done some good things, but I wanted to give you a comparison. You know, everybody now, you're a victim of your own success in this world, Mm -hmm. right? So when it happens, when you look at the predicted predicted points per play, okay, predicted points per play added last year through week six for Tennessee, was almost a half a point per play. They Ooh. were really, really a clip. It's down, it's down under three tenths. It's it's 0.29 uh points predicted added per play for Tennessee. So they're definitely not as explosive, definitely not getting those chunks like they did last year, but it's gonna be Joe Milton. Can he be consistent in this game? Yeah, fascinating matchup. Uh, I still feel like I don't really know what Tennessee is offensively in a lot of ways. I know they can run the ball, you know, or the hype train. For, well, m- m- yeah, fa- fair. Um, the, the hype train through Joe, for Joe Milton was was through the roof. I feel like he, he's kind of been in between that guy that was the the player that got benched two years ago and and the guy that that lit the world on fire against Clemson and Vandy at the end of the year. Uh, this this will be a much better test for him. Okay, a couple of miscellaneous things, and, and I had to double-check this. Uh, Texas A&M ranks 82nd on special teams, according to SP+, which seems hard to do when you get on I.S. Smith. Tennessee ranks 52nd. Penalty yards, A&M 50 a game, ball 60 a game. Uh, so Tennessee had a little trouble with discipline, I think, in that Austin P game, which probably inflated that a bit. But anyway, those are the stats. All right. Blaine, I feel like a broken record this week. A lot of close games where the matchup is pretty even on paper. Go with the home team. Ball's pretty tough to beat in Knoxville. That's where I'm going to go on this one. And, oh, by the way, as we mentioned at the top, Tennessee with the week off to rest and prepare. What do you say? Yeah, I think with Cooper Mays getting healthy and that offensive line having – two weeks and the benefit of being able to watch them against Alabama uh, and kind of see what they've done and out and Texas A&M having to play in that physical game against Alabama. Plus it being on the road for Texas A&M, I'll go with Tennessee at home, but here's a caveat to that. Okay. If Texas A&M can continue that havoc rate in the way that they affected Jalen Milrow, if they can do the same thing, to Joe Milton early in that game, create a turnover here and there. It could be a totally different story, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that Joe Milton and company, with two weeks to prepare, are going to take care of the football and they're going to find some way to run it a little bit against this Texas A&M 
vaunted front. And then when they do come up to try to stop the run, take their shots deep. So I'll go Tennessee in a close one at Rocky Top. Can't wait to see it. We'll probably be talking about it on a live stream Saturday night. Usually run those around nine centralists, depending on when games are wrapping up and, and all that. So best way to catch that, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. That helps our analytics. For Blaine Gilmer, I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14. Thanks for watching our content here. Plenty more of it on the way. Oh, by the way, basketball season coming up. Uh, Tennessee and a both got teams that are going to be ranked in the preseason. We're going to be talking about your basketball teams starting this week. So, again, another reason to subscribe. Thanks for watching us here at Southeastern 14. We'll see you again soon.